0: Science story, huh? He's uh, I, it I felt, felt, I felt right. but I was so and I just happy. thought, well, I figured it out. It pretty was pretty that tall. golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Lilly and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. This week's story is from Brian Randolph. It was recorded in March 2016 at the Atlanta Shakespeare Tavern in Atlanta, Georgia, as part of the Atlanta Science Festival.
1: So, it all started with a cat's meow. And who would have ever thought that six little kittens in a box would have uh, changed my life and put me into a career of science? So, when I was in ninth grade, you know, I was surrounded by science. My mother was a science teacher, and all of her friends were science teachers. And so I kind of had cool science projects going through school. And I worked at the local veterinarian's office. And working at that office, I would come in on the weekends, and I was the one that, you know, would have to basically clean the stalls, you know. Scoop the poop and all that good stuff, you know, real exciting job, you know. And I walk in uh, one day and on the stoop there's this box and inside of that box were six little kittens. So I took them inside with me and I put them in one of the kennels and then the next day when the veterinarian came in, I shared with him that I found these kittens and what do we do with them? And he said, you know, normally what we'll do is we'll, you know, send them over to the pound and We will, uh, basically, they'll either get adopted or get euthanized at some point. And I said, well, I don't like that idea. You know, I said, what else can we do? So um, we came up with an idea, you know, me and this whole science project stuff. You know, I wanted to have another cool science project. And so we came up with this idea that we would take those kittens, we put each one in a different kennel, And we would feed them different types of food. So we had like Walmart brand and Purina and then Science Diet that he sold at his office, you know, that was the the superior food. So so we did that. And he taught me things like how do you determine a healthy kitten that's growing like it should. So um, we weighed the cats. We looked at their coat quality. We looked at blood work. And long story short, I ended up as a ninth grader putting together a book that big where I wrote up this project and did a science project that took me all the way to the state finals and then to the South Carolina Junior Academy of Science where I got to do my first oral presentation. And of course I was nervous about all that but man what of experience because who knew that that would then lead to later in life all the things that I do all the presentations and so forth that I get to do. So I knew at that point something in science would be good, and then I ran into, I had this excellent uh, math teacher um, who really just got me excited about math and started participating in some of the clubs uh, in the school, one of the engineering clubs in particular. We got to go on field trips, and we went to VC Summer Power Plant. We went to Savannah River Plant, and um, I thought it was kind of cool. We were going to these nuclear plants, but they can't tell you anything about it (laughs) because it's a secret. So, I decided to go into nuclear engineering. <laughs> so, so, I went to the University of Tennessee and, um, and majored in nuclear engineering, and I'm going through this curriculum which is really focused on you know, how do you make nuclear power, um, also about uh, waste management and things like that. And uh, this physician comes over to us one day and gives us a lecture about the physics behind medical imaging. And a lot of that had to do with like PET scans and uh, CT scans and all the different imaging that they do in people who have cancer, for example. And so um, the interesting thing about that is I approached him and he said, why don't you come over and just volunteer? What I didn't know is there was an ulterior motive here. But I went over and I volunteered with him, and uh, in the department, he started putting me with, he did two things, he put me with one of the PhD scientists and then he also, who was doing a lot of algorithms and calculations and things, which was right up my alley. Um, But he also put me with the technicians who were doing the scans. And so one of the things I've noticed is that they had a lot of papers they filled out. You know, they'd calculate all of these things and they'd, um, you know, they fill out these forms and then they'd give that to the doctor and then the doctor would somehow make a decision on what to do for the patient based on all these calculations they did. And I sat there kind of as an engineer going, really? Hand calculations? I mean, you know, there's Excel spreadsheets, there's macros you can do. So, you know, I took all of that and I made these spreadsheets and macros so that the text would plug in the values and it would spit out this report for them that they could just give to the doctor and they just thought that was amazing. (laughs) So the trade-off was they let me start seeing patients with them. And so I started learning how to do bone scans and how to do PET scans and, and all from a technician perspective. And uh, one day I remember that I was doing a bone scan with the tech. The tech stepped out the room and the guy on the table goes, hey, hey kid, hey, um, you want to try some shine? (laughs) And uh, so, you know, I kind of looked at him, excuse me, excuse me, you know, I was in Tennessee. um, So he goes, moonshine, you know, moonshine, my buddies and I, we make it, it's up in the hills, but shh, you can't tell anyone about that. And he's like, I've got some out in the truck if you want to try it. So um, I didn't try it. But uh, long story short is later that day, I had started going to the tumor boards and things at the hospital. And this man's case came up. It turned out he had metastatic prostate cancer, and that's why he was getting a bone scan. And, um, and it was kind of cool for me because um, you know they're talking all the doctor talk in the room about this patient and what they're going to do. And, and I'm thinking, I bet they don't know he, he makes moonshine. <laughs> so, um, you know, so that kind of hit home with me Because I started thinking, man, I really It's kind of cool to understand, like, how that machine works But it would be even cooler to, to be able to put that man's story together with the machine And so I sat down one day with uh, Dr. Smith And I told him that, you know, my experience And how I enjoyed all of these things And he kind of looked at me and said You know you're turning to the dark side, Right? And I didn't quite understand it, but basically what he was telling me was that I really wanted to do medicine and be able to put all of that together. And so I took that from him and stayed and did my master's degree. He um, sat on my thesis committee with me and eventually then ended up applying and going to medical school. So then I get into medical school, and I'm going through these rotations, and I think, well, naturally, nuclear engineering, then I should probably be a radiation oncologist, right? So I um, do a bunch of rotations in radiation oncology, and, and it was okay. I mean, I enjoyed it, but then I got on my medicine rotation, and I had this resident that was absolutely amazing. I mean, he just taught you everything, and he, he just seemed like he knew everything. And, you know, in medicine, the cool things don't really happen in, in the day. It's at night. So as a medical student, you didn't have to take call at that time, but I decided I would um, because I would learn more. And so I stayed the night, and they didn't even have a call room for me to really stay in, so I had a makeshift little cot that I made. And and then every time he got called out for something to the ER or whatever, I went with. With him. Well, one night while I was uh, with him on call, he asked me to go in and check on a certain patient. And this was a guy who had been in the hospital for about a week or so. And we're at the VA hospital and he uh, had lung cancer and he was pretty sick. And so I just sat there. When I went in to check on him, I, he asked me to sit down for a minute. And I sat down and I kind of talked to him for a while. And I don't remember his whole story, but what I do remember is that he told me, you know, that I'd really, I'd really like to just go outside. I haven't left this room in like over a week. And I said. Okay, you know, I'm naive, I'm a medical student. Yeah, we'll do that. So I go out and I tell the nurses that, and they're like, um, no, you won't do that. Um, this man has IVs, he needs antibiotics, you know, he needs oxygen, we can't do that. So I was persistent though, you know, so uh, I, over the next couple of days, I kept approaching different nurses and asking them if they would, you know, help me out and take this man outside. And so finally I found one, who, who, one nurse who agreed. And so we got him in a wheelchair and we, uh, we rolled him outside to the front of the VA hospital. And much to our surprise, he stands up on his own, turns and looks at the American flag, gives us a salute, then sits back down in the chair and says, that's all I needed. So we took him back inside and the next morning he died but that moment told me I needed to be an oncologist because what I realized was that I could help someone no matter what their situation was. And so today I get to give cures to cancer. I get to look at new drugs through research, and sometimes I just get to hold someone's hand. Sometimes I have to see them take that last breath. But I know their story, and I've been there with them. So, science for me has brought hope and the ability to deliver hope every day to people that I encounter. And whether it's rescuing six kittens, or whether it's giving out a new cure, or simply a salute, that's what science means to me. Thank you.
0: That was Brian Randolph. Brian is currently the Chief of Medical Oncology at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Newnan, Georgia. He joined CTCA as a medical oncologist and hematologist when the hospital opened in August 2012 and is now Chief of Medical Oncology. He also serves as Medical Director of Hematologic Oncology. Randolph lives in Newnan with his wife and two children. He has a passion for music and the performing arts. And as a drum major, he had the opportunity to lead the UT band in the 1993 inaugural parade for Bill Clinton. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wecht, Aaron Barker, Ari Daniel, Christine Entry, Skylar Bear, Shane Hanlon, and Liz Neely. The podcast is produced by Rose Eveleth. In addition up from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, and Justin D'Ambruggio, the theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to the Atlanta Shakespeare Tavern for hosting the show, to the Atlanta Science Festival for being amazing partners, and to the doctor who gave me a free cane when I sprained my foot. That one's not a joke. Thank you, Doctor. Thanks for listening.